So I'm just going to do a quick introduction of myself, and then I want you all to hear from Dr. Summer Woods and hear her story, hear her journey. We're going to learn from her tonight, which I'm so excited about because, yeah, it's just going to be good. It's going to be good. So get ready. So my name is Erica Jordan Thomas. I am a former teacher, former assistant principal, former principal. I just wrapped up my uh, full-time doctoral program, graduating in a couple of weeks. And so I am now officially a full-time entrepreneur. I started my consulting business in October of 2017. I started my consulting business focusing on coaching and developing school leaders, which I still do to this day, and supporting districts in their equity work. And I, about a year ago, in March of 2020, I launched the second arm of my business called Get Launch Consulting, which supports district in their equity work. Hey, Renee. And so... I'm sorry. I launched a second arm of my business called Get Launch Consulting, which supports educators and launching their own consulting business. And so sorry, I'm just getting so excited by all the names of people I love who are joining this chat and great, amazing people. If you all can still hear me, if you could drop a one into the chat. And so all this week... I am hosting Get Launch Consulting Conversations with educators who have gone through Get Launch Consulting. And we're going to learn from their consulting journey because oftentimes starting your consulting business can feel very scary because the hardest step is the first step. And having these conversations, it's my hope that we can demystify the process because if this is what's on your heart, I want you to be able to go for it. Okay, it looks like Dr. Woods is frozen. I can hear you. You can hear me, but you, okay. Oh, but it just looks like you're frozen, but I can hear you. Oh, that's strange. Okay. Oh, but you're still here. That's perfect. That's all we need. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we need. We're going to make it work. Um, And we're going to make it work. We are going to make it work. Dr. Woods, tell us, tell us your education movie trailer. Let us know how you started in education, your pathway stops you made along the way, and what's currently present for you. Oh, she's not frozen for you all. Okay, that's good to know. Sure. So I'll give you the truncated version, but I was actually a business administration major. Management was my emphasis. And my plan up until the first semester of my senior year of college was to be in corporate America. And I had a job offer ready to go at one of the top firms in the country. But I didn't feel that that was my purpose or my calling. I felt like I could be good at it, but at my internships and things that just didn't resonate with me in the way that I wanted work for the rest of my mm-hmm. life to resonate with me. So I decided to go into the classroom. I did alternative track. I did Teach for America. And in Baltimore City, I taught in Baltimore City and I felt purpose. Hardest thing I've ever done in my life is teach. Hardest mm-hmm. thing I've ever done in my life is teach, but felt super purposed in that work. Loved it taught in Baltimore, then became an instructional coach in DC public schools. And really, I love that work too. Coaching was probably my favorite job because one thing I loved, I loved being in our classroom. I loved impacting kids, but I loved helping teachers because then the impact can go even further, more kids, more Mm -hmm. impact. And I felt like I was really able to share with teachers, you know, how to improve practice without it being a threatening situation. I had great mentors and coaches when I was a first and second year teacher. And I took those things that I saw and built those those skill sets so that I could be a coach, a great coach for my teachers. At that juncture, I had to make a decision. You know, am I going to continue to 
you know, I think the next thing they were asking me was, well, can you coach coaches? Okay. So it was, do I continue on this track or do I go back to school? And I felt like I wanted to further my knowledge in the area of specifically literacy at the time, because I taught third grade in Baltimore and saw that my black male students, many of them had given up on Mm. reading and Mm. hated it. And you're only in third grade. I'm like, boo, we got a long way to go. (laughs) I'm trying to reinvigorate. And so Mm. I decided to go back to school and I said, okay, if I get accepted somewhere, I'll go. You know, if they pay for it, I'll go. So got into Vandy and came to Nashville and did the work here. It was a great experience. And then coming out of that, and I'm thinking, you know, I have my own plans, but sometimes it doesn't always go like that. I was thinking, oh, professor. Okay. I'll be in the, Mm. you know, I'm doing academic academia. I'll, I'll do a professorship. I went on those interviews, but I ended up being a principal at a predominantly black private school here in Nashville. And I, I, it's, it's purposed work. Like mm. I every day feel like I have a great purpose here and I'm using all my degrees at this point, business and everything. But so that's kind of been a snapshot where I am. I'm currently still a school leader. And thanks to you, consultant, I'm building my consultant work. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, we had previously talked about this, but what makes me so excited about your impact uh, before you even talk about your consulting business um, is you're having an impact uh, in the city where I was born and where my yes. dad's family is still resides. And all of my dad's side of the family is TSU. <laughs> and there you so, go. Blue. <laughs> yes, yes. So tell us, and I'm, I'm loving already because there's already things that you shared that I didn't know, which is like, oh, come on, Baltimore. <laughs> Let me find out yes. Baltimore. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, so what made you begin to think about consulting as an option? Like what, what sparked that for you? Yeah. You know, I think it has always been a part of what I wanted. I have been doing training adults for a long time, whether Mm. it's when I was an instructional coach, then when I was in my doctorate, I was working at in like kind of a coaching role there. And even during that time, certain organizations like TFA, et cetera, local regions and stuff would ask me to come do workshops for them. So I enjoyed that work. I loved working with institutions and organizations, just building up skill sets and capacity. And then I was an adjunct professor for a while at Lipscomb and Bandy. And so I was doing that work for a while. And, you know, there's some reasons, but I realized, you know, that, that I love the work. I love teaching the classes. It was decent money. But I remember there was one summer I said, okay, this summer, I'm going to turn down the offers for a professorship, adjunct professorship over the summer. And I'm going to try to get that money on my own with the same skill set, right? Same knowledge, Mm. same information. I am me, not saying I'm great, but I'm saying this is the same person. So instead of it just being, oh, I'm going to go through the academic route, which is not a bad route. I want to try this a different way. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, I need to make at least the amount I would make teaching a class before, you know, feel okay with that. And in that year, I happened to get in partnership with a a friend of mine and we did some curriculum writing work and far exceeded what I would have made in in teaching those summer classes. So that for me, though, people have been telling me, you should do this. You should consult. You should, you should, you should. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm so busy and I have a full-time job. 
But that one moment and getting that one contract with someone helped me to realize you can really do this. You just got to figure out how to do this, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's when I became much more intentional in saying, all right, well, you did it one year. Let's see if we can consistently do this every year and give yourself, I've never given myself a dollar amount goal for a year before or work outside of my main job. And so I said, okay, I'm going to start giving myself financial goals and I got to figure out how to get there in this work. And I needed a, I needed a plan. Mm. And that's what led me to your course. Mm. So this is so fascinating. So let's pull this back a little bit because Mm -hmm. even this decision of like, I want to see if I can do this on my own, Mm -hmm. that requires a lot internally. Mm -hmm. And so like, I want to like dig into that a little bit more because that sounds, it sounds like it's like, oh, just so like a decision you just go, but like, there's actually a lot of internal work or mindsets that you have to, you know, hold in order to even see that as a possibility. Mm -hmm. And so if you could just talk to us a little bit more around, like, it may not have been necessarily in the moment or something that maybe you experienced, you know, earlier in your life or something, but Mm -hmm. that just led you to that point to even see it as a possibility. Was it something that it was like, I, there's something that I don't, I'm not yet experiencing professionally Mm -hmm. that I think this could give me, or was Mm -hmm. it just like, you know, I've always seen this entrepreneurship as an option for, you know, X, Y reason. And so I can go, I can go for it. Just talk to us around like what made that seem possible for you in the moment. So interesting thing is we are our biggest holdup. Yeah. So listen, my parents, my friends, people around me, people have been telling me for a long time, oh, you should do consulting. Oh, you should do this. Oh, you know, like you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And then there's, I mean, you can give us so many you can do it until you have to make a decision that I'm going to do. So for me, it was a big deal. I I knew what skill set I had. I knew I was trained. As you say, I know I have receipts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a community of people that I knew supported me in it. So there there wasn't anybody in my circle that said, you are crazy to give up that money. You know, Mm -hmm. you, you should keep teaching that class. You know, there was no one. It was like, okay, you can do it. Everybody I told, it was like, yes, good. Mm. You know, so a part of it is just surrounding yourself with people, not that it's going to pump you up just to pump you up, but who know what you do and who can be that positive voice in your ear when you are consistently saying no to yourself, you know? So it was like, no, you can do it. And so when you do say you're going to move forward with it, they're like, great, finally, we're happy for you. What can we do to help? You know? So for me, I I have a very strong support network and I just had to get out of my way. And I just had to make a decision in that moment to say, okay, Summer, this is, this is like your test. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You said you're not going to take this money over here and you're going to figure out you're going to get something a different way by the end of the year. Well, how are you going to do that? Motivate the mindset stuff. Yeah. Just get out of your way. <laughs> yeah. And what was it about doing it on your own that felt attractive? Because like a lot of people have that thought and they see it as risky. Mm-hmm. But like for you, you were you were gravitating towards it. And so like what about that was attractive for you that made you want to go after it? Doing things on my own terms in my own time. Mm. So, you know, I love teaching these graduate courses, but when I taught them during the year, 
I was working all day, teaching to nine o'clock at night, coming home, planning, doing it. I mean, as educators, you know that your lesson planning, your grading, I'm grading papers into the night and, and trying to get in grades by the end of the semester. And even in the summertime, during the summertime, every day I'm going to this class. I love the work that I'm doing. I love the content, but I'm like, I can do this a totally different way with mm. much less grading. <laughs> and, 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 and things like that, where I'm like, Summer, what is your passion about this? Your passion is the content and sharing the content with people so that it can impact students. This is not the only way you can do that. So what was, a, what was attractive to me was I can do the same thing with a, without all that other stuff I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I said, so let's do it. Let's figure out mm-hmm. how to do it. The power of choice. The privilege of choice. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just appreciate you naming this so much because I think there's some self work that, you know, has to be done for people to even get to a point to realize that they can have a choice. Yeah. Rather than like believing like the only way this can be done is this mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And so I just appreciate you naming that because indirectly you're naming for us like being able to believe in the possibilities of like, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be this way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to be overworked in order to make money. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like, money can actually be a flowing resource for me and I can, I can do it joyfully. Like, I don't have to do it stressed. Yeah. Which is so contradictory to what we're used to in the education mm-hmm. field, which is why it takes so much intrapersonal work to be able to realize the possibilities of like, making money doesn't have to be hard. Mm-hmm. Even though we're used to it being hard, mm-hmm. um, and so I just I just appreciate you naming that. So you had this opportunity, this contract, your first contract in partnership with someone else, and you're like, "All right, I can do this. I just need to get a strategy around it." Mm-hmm. And then, and you said that this particular contract was around curriculum. Mm-hmm. Now, talk to us around. Okay, so you all remember, Penn, that Dr. Summer just said that this first contract was around curriculum. So now let's fast forward to the present. Mm-hmm. Tell us the current problem that your business is solving. Yeah, so right now I'm solving the problem of working towards having more equitable, engaging classrooms via coaching teachers and providing professional development for teachers in school settings. So helping teachers get from, yes, I know this thing, race and social justice, and it's floating up there and helping to land it for them in a very reflective way, but that is impacting how you are teaching and engaging with students. So that that's what I'm doing. Y'all, let's go back to the first contract, which is around the curriculum. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and go now to this current problem you're solving in your business. Talk mm-hmm. to us around the pathway and what led you to this current problem? Mm-hmm. So the curriculum writing thing, it was an opportunity. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. I can work with you. I've done curriculum writing in the past. Boom, let's do it, right? And so great exposure, you know, wonderful. Then it was, I was starting to help a lot of principals who were in need, right? So, mm-hmm. oh, can you help me with this? Your school's doing well. Can you provide me some support? Some support? especially for newer principals. 
So I started supporting some principals, you know, just in general leadership stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. how to get your school up and running. And interestingly enough, if you go back on my Instagram, you'll see posts like how to lead with care. And I was like, oh, I think leadership is it. Mm -hmm. So when I joined the class, I, in the first initial survey, it's like, I know what I want to do. I want to help leaders lead schools. (laughs) You know, that's what I'm doing right now. And that's what I've been doing lately. But as I went through it, I began to realize, you know, for those of you take the class, I'm just going to put that plug. But but for those of you who are thinking about it, a part of what was so great for me is it helped me narrow it and helped me to say, Summer, you can do a lot of things at a high level. And you have done a lot of things at a high level, but you have an area of expertise walking in it. Okay, so it, it took me stepping back, sitting down, making a list of all the things that I could do and being being able to do that overlapping work and to say, no, do, do the work where your heart is. Like, mm-hmm. otherwise you won't be able to sustain. Like, yeah, I wrote curriculum, but I actually don't love curriculum writing. <laughs> like that, I've done it multiple times, but that's not everybody's thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't love it. So it's going to be a chore for me at times. I love being a principal and I love helping principals, but do I love helping people in the area of leadership or do I just love helping people? <laughs> mm. So I that helped me to say, narrow, mm. do what your area of expertise is, and this is what it is. This is my area. And when I looked at my when when I looked at my receipts of all the things, okay, Summer, what have people asked you to present on? What have people asked you to talk to them about? DEI, DEI, consultant, culturally relevant, critical literacy, bop, 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 bop. It's consistent. Mm. That's what you love. That's what you talk about at the dinner table. And you got to check yourself because everybody else at dinner is not really here to talk about that. (laughs) So do that. Do that work. And I felt so settled and comfortable before I was feeling like I was this yo-yo. And what should I do? Oh, my goodness. There's so many things I could do. Do what you love, what you feel purposed in and what you're expert at and Mm -hmm. and move forward with that. And that helped so much. Mm. Part of. I think part of this is interesting too, because you use the word intersections, which in the course we talk about, you know, zone of genius versus your zone of excellence. Mm -hmm. And your zone of genius is where the problem you're solving in your business lies. Like that's Mm -hmm. where, but you just got to get clear on what is your zone of genius versus your zone of excellence. And Mm -hmm. it's tricky because your zone of excellence is still an area of expertise and you're still good at it. (laughs) Like, like, so you can, to your point, like I can do curriculum work. Like I do it well. Like if someone gives me a curriculum contract, I'm going to slay. But does it give me energy? Does it make Mm -hmm. me happy? Does it get Mm -hmm. me excited? Like, Mm -hmm. like, is that where it doesn't feel like work? Mm -hmm. Is that because your zone of genius is the place that it doesn't feel like work? That doesn't mean you're not going to have to put in time. (laughs) It just doesn't feel like work because the, the language that you use, which is spot on, it's the intersection of multiple strengths, multiple Mm -hmm. areas of expertise. And so I think this is, you know, one of the places where people would think, well, oh, I work with, I want to work with new teachers, but I also really love, you know, math curriculum. Well, it's like, well, why not work with new teachers focused on math curriculum? Mm -hmm. And then it was like, oh, but, and I also, you know, my expertise is in six through eight. All right. So how about early teachers, middle school teachers (laughs) and focusing on math curriculum? Like that would be an example of an intersection. 
versus of compartmentalizing our areas of expertise. Where do the intersections lie? And that's where you're uniquely positioned to be able to operate in your gifts. And from a business standpoint, it it helps differentiate you from others because Mm -hmm. tons of people do math curriculum work. Tons of people, tons of people. But when you start to get specific of, I'm focusing on beginning teachers and middle Mm -hmm. school, Mm -hmm. then that starts to separate you. So what was, and I appreciate you too, because you named, you named like some of the evidence that you saw of like, this is how I knew it was my zone of genius of like, I Mm -hmm. talk about it all the time. Like (laughs) like when I listed out my receipts, I saw it in the receipts and all the things that I've done. So just, you know, you all, if, if you've been listening, Dr. Woods, just name for us some of the the pieces to look out for when you're trying to discover and figure out what your zone of genius is because it's not always super clear. Right. You got to you got to do some research there. Mm-hmm. So okay, so you've now gotten clear on this problem that you're going to solve in your business. So once you got clear on the problem, what was the next step that you made? Okay, so once I got clear on the problem, I actually got excited because it was a it was a stress reliever actually, Mm. because now I had a very clear, I'm a person who give me a clear focus and I'm, I am after that thing. You know, Mm -hmm. if I feel too scattered and there's too many things, then I'm trying to do a little bit everywhere. Mm. So once I had that clear focus, I felt super charged and ready to move forward. And so for me, it was, okay, so let's take manageable pieces, but let's make it all about this thing. Let's make it all about DEI work. Let's make it all about coaching teachers and, and professional development. And so with the example I gave you before, if you went back on my post on Instagram, my whole Instagram changed, right? So mm-hmm. now, now it was like, what should I talk about? I have so many things I could say. It's just clear. Now I'm just gathering information and I'm putting it together and I'm creating the presence that I feel represents the work and the message that I want to get out to people. Because this is, for me, this is not just business, right? So I literally love this work and have a passion for it. So I'm not just putting, posting things just because, oh, I want people to see my business. I want you to get this message. Like Mm. everything that I share is a message from my heart that says, Mm. this means something to me. I want it to mean something to you. And I want to help you make it meaningful for others. So that that was my next step. Like, okay, I need to make my voice heard. You had us read a book. And a part of that book was, okay, what type of consultant do you want to be? What type of business person do you want to be? And it talked about a thought leader. And as I heard him talk about what a thought leader was, I'm like, that's me. Like, mm. I want, I'm not there yet, but I want to be a thought leader because I feel like I do have a very strong perspective, expertise, and and viewpoints on particular things that I want to share. And mm-hmm. so I said, well, and he talked about, if you want to be a thought leader, people have to hear your thoughts. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that sounds so like, duh, right? But if you're not putting your thoughts out there in some way, shape or form, the only people that know your thoughts are the people I ate dinner with who really didn't come to dinner to hear my thoughts on that, <laughs> right? <laughs> so... I'm just saying, if you want to be a thought leader, you have to be able to to begin to put your voice out there. And that was my thing, too, where I felt like and <laughs> there are so many people out there putting their thoughts out there with no expertise and getting paid money. And it was loud and wrong, loud and wrong, loud and wrong. And my thing was, yo, are you just going to let them just collect all the coins? 
mm-hmm. or, and just be upset? Or are you going to put your thoughts out there and at the end of the day, be a part of this for the reasons that you actually want to be a part of it? Like for me, if I don't make $1, if I'm able to be a thought leader and people are able to clearly see what I'm trying to communicate and have it has an impact, I'm great, but I'm real great. When I have some money coming in my account and we can do both. (laughs) If we can do do both of those things, then great. Because if these people out here who don't know are making money on stuff that people really need to know that I care about, that I feel like I'm doing you all a disservice by not by standing back and watching Mm. that happen. You know, Mm. you know, Mm. so I got to live up to what I know and what I have and what I've learned. So I'm going to get in there. I'm getting in the game. And y'all mm-hmm. gonna stop playing people out here and we're gonna play this real game <laughs> instead of this foolishness that y'all got going on, talk calling it DEI. We can't do that. This is, children's, this is children's lives. We can't do that. Listen. So so you made the de- intentional decision to take up space. Mm-hmm. Did it feel scary? Yes. Hard. Scary. Do people even care what I have to say? And for some this is fully, this is real transparency, but I was the kid in school that did very well in school all the way through. You know, when I was a teacher, I did well as a teacher. I did well, I did well. When you begin to put yourself out in these type of spaces, you're opening yourself up for different types of critique that you may not have experienced in the past, Mm -hmm. you know? So you also have to, this was another thing that was mentioned in the book. Stop following how many people like you Stop looking to check to see how many followers you had. Put your voice out there and just do it. So I had to begin, I shifted my whole focus and my whole focus changed to not, oh man, people didn't like it. I'm just putting my voice out there consistently. That's it. Those who come will come, but I'm Mm -hmm. not obsessing over whether or not people are liking, tagging, sharing, following. That's not why I'm here. I said that my purpose was to be a thought leader and to share my thoughts. So Mm -hmm. I had to get over that and just say, share your thoughts. So Mm -hmm. um, Monday morning message, I do one every Monday. That was a big step for me. Like, okay, Summer, one, consistency. Two, you got to have a message for people. And Mm -hmm. and you got to put yourself out there for people to say, that was crap. Or Mm -hmm. why did you, you know? Not that that has, well, that happened with some other things, but you understand, like, you just have to be open to that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But be be confident in your message. And when you're confident in your message, like I said, I did a reel and then there were people in there. Why does everything have to be about race? And there's this whole big dialogue under my, under my reel. I don't even respond because I know that what I said, I I said what I said, the end. (laughs) Listen, you know what? And this is the thing that like, I don't know. It's it's annoying for me. It's just like if you don't like it, just unfollow. That's it. Like, or keep or just keep scrolling. And so yeah. like part yeah. of it is just the fact that you took your time that part to be able to respond to my content shows me we got different priorities. Exactly. Like and when you I took I told somebody you that took was my time. mama I made it moment. Mama yes. I made it. The trolls are out. <laughs> listen, listen. And, and well, and, you know, shout out to French Montana. You ain't got haters and you ain't popping, is you? That's it. <laughs> and so, I mean, so part of it is like, and all of this is like the mindset work that just, you know, you have to do of realizing that the way that I, I frame it is, I, first off, I'm clear on my values. 
And if someone takes the time to disagree on my post when they could unfollow, mm-hmm. it means that like, okay, I'm popping. And secondly, it means that our priorities are not the same because for you to choose to give this energy mm-hmm. means that, A, I'm doing important work or what mm-hmm. I said is, is having an impact. For mm-hmm. someone to literally choose to engage in a mm-hmm. comment and through the comments in a disagreement. Yeah. Um, and so I think part of it is like us just like reframing some of these things that can fuel some of our fears and like keep us from doing certain, certain things. things. Because you also named something that's really important too is like, I'll just ignore it or I'll delete it. <laughs> like it's my page, do what I want. Like ignore, delete. That's it. Because you ain't got to be here because yeah. this is my internet real estate. Like this is my page. And so, that's right. so I think, I think that's an important thing for people to name into one of the comments that's highlighting something else really important that you said is the focus on likes is can create a false illusion because it's it's to your point of what I heard you say is it's not about the likes it's not about the the cheerleaders it's about the impact mm-hmm. um, and so the impact is how many people am I reaching how consistent am I how frequent mm-hmm. am I mm-hmm. and being able to taking up space and being able to share my thoughts and you said something earlier too that I also think is a helpful reframe that I actually shared with with actually a member of Cycle 7 when they their reflection was like, well, how do I build my confidence to be able to do this? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a great question. Part of it, I think, is reframing of who loses when you don't do this. That's right. Like who who will lose out on opportunities, on impact, on outcomes, if you decide not to do that. Like, let Mm -hmm. that be your focus Mm -hmm. of, if I don't do this, who will be impacted? To your point, I always remind myself too, there was someone out there doing it loud and wrong and getting paid. paid. And so I'd rather rather be someone who, I know my receipts, I know I have impact, and sometimes I have to remind myself of my receipts, but like I know if if someone were to hire me, I'm going to show up and do a great job and get you results. Right. If you all don't follow Dr. Woods, you need to follow her because her social media presence is so inspiring. You could get so many gems and jewels from just following her and observing her presence. So Dr. Woods, just talk to us around like, because we kind of talked about the mindset work and this also mm-hmm. touches on one of the questions that was asked before of like, how do you do this with a full-time job from the technical standpoint? Like, because you, like you said, you're doing morning messages, like you're putting out <laughs> content, yeah, yeah, your yeah. stories, you on your story, like you are yes. going in on social media. Mm-hmm. And so like from a technical standpoint, how do you manage it? Mm-hmm. So one thing I did intentionally was choose one platform that I was just going to go nuts, like do all mm. of it, right? So, you know, people get these like, oh, I need Facebook, I need it. And I'm not saying you don't, okay? You hear all these people on YouTube and you listen to it. You want to be a real blah, blah, blah. You got to be on every single platform there is, mm-hmm. right? But I know what I can do and I'm not right. doing that. So I chose one that I was going to dedicate my time to. And then I found the tools that make me look like I'm posting every day, but I'm not. So, I mean, I I chose the later platform, mm-hmm. the later app, and I literally can sit on a Sunday and plan an entire month of posts and go in Canva and create all of my stuff 
and then load it all up on a on a Sunday afternoon, and I have posts all month. And then what was beautiful about that is like, okay, so that helped me with consistency. And then anything I posted on top of that was icing on the cake. Stories and this and interaction with people. I did not have to worry. That was me before. Oh, shoot, I didn't post anything today. I'm tired. It's the end of the day. I don't have anything to say. You know, you cannot, for those of you who want to have strong social media presence, I'm not an expert, but in what I've done so far, you cannot try to do this with a full-time job. And every day you're sitting there trying to post. Right, find right, the scheduling right. app, Find the scheduling app that you like. Sit down on the weekend, plan out your entire month, make categories for the type of posts you want. I mean, I got real formulaic. Quotes, DEI information, research-based stuff, a day in my life, book recommendations. So if I'm doing book recommendations once a week, that's only four book recommendations I have to come up with. Easy peasy. That's only four quotes I have to come up with. So when you when I turned it into a formula and I had a tool that could help me automate it, then Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, then I can do this. This is no problem. And that really it was about strategy, knowing a strategy that could work, finding the tools, because I know my time constraints. I cannot do this every day. I may leave my building at 7 p.m. and all of a sudden, crap, you haven't posted anything today, right? So I just figured out the strategy, figured out the tools and created a formula for how I was going to post and did that. And it was great. I love it. Y'all treat this like your classroom. In your classroom, you had tools, you had systems, you had I will use the word automations, though in your classroom, it looks a little differently, but you had automations. Like when kids come in and they know to go check their mailbox and then go grab a seat, that's automation because you put it in place. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We created this routine of like, this is what we do at the beginning of every class. Mm -hmm. The same thing you do in your business as a time-saving strategy of like you're building Mm -hmm. systems, you're building routines. And so just a couple of resources because... Dr. Woods named one of them of when it comes to social media. I absolutely agree with everything that she just said. And I do the same in my business of anything. If you were to go and look at my Instagram feed right now, the only thing I literally post real time is a reel (laughs) because I'm actually like making it. Exactly. Anything else you see has been scheduled. So I post a quote every day. It usually drops around 637. I am not up like posting that. I'm not up. It's, it's, It's been scheduled it automatically will post. And so a couple of of the tools, uh, social media scheduling tools, there's Buffer, there is Hootsuite, Dr. Woods just named later, there's Meet Edgar, there is Planly. I mean, there's tons of them. If you just search uh, social media scheduling apps, you'll see those. To answer this question in the chat of, do you suggest getting those tools before you're actually making consistent revenue? Here's what I would suggest. I would suggest, because all of those offer some type of free account. I have a free account. That's the, that's the one I use. Cause, and that was my test for myself. Yeah. I, I said, Summer, work with what's free first and see if you can be consistent before you start. You know, sometimes we get excited and you're dropping money here. There, I'm paying for this. And right, for that, right, for right, right. Use the free versions first. And then you say, I am maxing out this free version. And I'm actually being consistent with it. And the, the paid version would take me to the next level and right. pay for it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
that's that's my personal philosophy too, is that I, I believe you need to, um, I do believe there's a point that you reach in your business where you do have to spend money in order to make money, but that's Absolutely. not the early stage of your business. Mm-hmm. In the early stage of your business, when you are still building, you haven't brought in any revenue, you need to be, there are so many free tools available that you could be maximizing and building the foundation. And then there becomes this this pivot point Mm-hmm. of when you're starting to build your clientele and you're bringing in revenue, that it actually then does make sense to start investing in tools for efficiency purposes. But if right. you don't have any any contracts or clients yet, then I, my personal belief is if you haven't brought in money, you should not be spending money in your business mm-hmm. um, because there are so many, again, free tools and free resources. And I think part of, of with this social media piece is exactly what Dr. Wood's name is. You need to be clear on what is what is the platform that you are going to target and be 100% consistent? That doesn't mean mm-hmm. you don't post anywhere else, but what is the place where you like spending time? It's genuinely interested, interesting for you. And no matter who your target client is, your target client is everywhere. Yeah. And so that's one thing some people will say, well, where, you know, in certain platforms, you're more likely to meet your target client. The only exception I would make to that is if you're looking for certain corporate contracts, which... Uh, mm-hmm. LinkedIn is a little bit more targeted toward that, but still, again, like people work for corporations and people are yeah. everywhere. So to Dr. Wood's point, if you're really clear on what platform that you're going to prioritize and be 100% consistent with, then that'll help you choose the right tool to help you start with because some tools uh, work better for certain platforms. So that was a really, really great question. So if you all have other questions, this is your opportunity. We have a couple minutes left. Go ahead and drop those into the chat so that way I can make sure that those get answered for you. So Dr. Woods, tell us about... Okay, so you've, you've led us through your story of when you got your first consulting contract that was focused on curriculum, and then you joined the pro- program. You got this new level of clarity around the problem your business is solving. And then you made this intentional choice to take up space, building your social media presence and getting really consistent with that. And so what have you accomplished in your business uh, since getting that clarity and making the intentional decision to take up space? What, what have you seen happen as a result? One, uh, so a couple of things. One is just connecting with different people, you know, be, being in the space, right? But the other piece is, it's so interesting. We talk about the funnel and all these things, but I began to post more and someone who I knew had worked with was actually in one of my classes in, in graduate school, saw what I posted and saw that I basically was an official, you know, I have officially gone out, gone into business knew the work that I had done, but I'm officially saying moving forward in this thing. And they sent my information to their current principal and said, Hey, we're doing DAI work. I think she would be good for us. Mm. You know, if you're interested, reach out to her. And from that moment that I had a conversation, talked with people, contract. Now I'll be, I have a, you know, I'll be working with a school next year. And yes. that is just all about officially saying it's what, and I think that's the thing, you know, I'll use a little dating analogy where people Come say on, like, for it. people are not going, you're not going to find your man or significant other in your house on the Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> They're not knocking on your door if they don't know you, right? <laughs> so the likelihood that even if people know what you do, unless they know that that is actually what you do, 
Yeah. You know, they know your area of expertise, but unless they know this is what you do officially, they, they may not just come knocking on your door. Oh, please come help us. So yeah. I had to reframe it and officially go forward in business. And then opportunities began to come about. And so that's been great. Yeah. You know what? I think this, this example is a helpful from reminder of A, no matter who you are, I guarantee you. Your network is deep and wide. Mm -hmm. No matter who you are, you got a network. And it's another great reminder that uh, you never know who's watching. Mm -hmm. And that's why you can't go by likes. Yep, that's right. Because if you get five likes, you got way more than five people who saw the post. That's Five people just happened to lift their finger and double tap. That's right. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so like, that's why you can't measure likes because it will give you a false measure of your reach mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of of who you're connecting with and part of that is is by making the decision to take up space you're getting visible and mm-hmm. there are people who are already in your network who they just need to know that this is what you do and they're ready to work with you mm-hmm. like they they're just literally they're just they just need to know that like oh someone so just started a business doing coaching or they just they started mm-hmm. a business and they're going to do this man, that's what my school means. I know they bomb. Let me go ahead and that's hit right. up so-and-so or do this. So like, yeah. I think that's why this visibility work is so important. And it's mm-hmm. like, you got to just do the mindset work. And that doesn't mean you're not scared when you like right. put the posts out there, when you do the morning message, when you make the real, doesn't mean you're, you're not scared. You just push past the fear and you just do it scared. So Dr. Woods, what would you name as just advice for people who are on their consulting journey who are, you know, either thinking about it or early on in their journey, what advice would you give to them? Yeah, I think one thing that was just helpful for me is being willing to take the supports that are available for you, like take advantage of them. Mm. And I'm not just talking about, I, I'm not just talking about like tools that I talked about online. I, I'm literally talking about like your class, because mm. for me, if I told you, I have a business degree, you know, I have experience in, in coaching and, and consult, you know, like workshops and all that other stuff, professional mm. development. But it was really about putting myself in the place to focus and just receive information and just follow the system and follow the formula. I think we get so tempted to create all of our own formulas. Like, yeah. oh, because I can do it, I, I should be able to do this on my own. Get over that. Yeah. Use the supports that are already developed. Help that make you great. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. that worked for me. And it put me in the mindset. It forced me to be in the mindset where I needed to be in order to sit down and work. Yeah. And so it is It is worth that. Otherwise, we have way too much on our plate and we have way too much going on. This was like, oh, shoot, I need to do my module. I need to do my work. I need to do my thinking. And it actually got me in a habit of working mm. outside mm. of work. So when, mm-hmm. when the modules are done, I'm already in the habit mm-hmm. of doing this work mm. outside of work. So let me just do, build my business mm-hmm. at the same time that I was doing modules. It's a training. It's a training of, of your habits, it's a retraining of habits. It's it's consistency and it's using the supports. Yeah. I, I appreciate you naming this um because I think I think this is one of the ways oppression works that isn't always obvious in the ways in some in many ways internalized oppression can show up. Is this belief that we have to do it on our own. Mm-hmm. Like this belief that like I earn extra gold stars because I did it by myself or something right. or yeah, like exactly or like and I mean it's it's 
And I mean, I can, I, it resonates with me because I have done that and I have thought that when in reality, part of, of the way privilege works in our country is because mm-hmm. those of, of people who are closest to privilege have access to additional resources. They haven't been conditioned to do things on their own. They've been conditioned mm-hmm. to like, oh, well, if there's this program, there's this thing, like, let me take that, use that to my benefit and be able to continue to move forward versus what, you know, as someone, and I'll speak for myself, who is a Black woman and my identity has historically been marginalized in this country, mm-hmm. that there's actually a a pattern of having, of, of my ancestors having to do things on their own because they were excluded. They were shut out. They were, Mm -hmm. they were, they were isolated. They were pushed out of a circle of belonging. They were discriminated against. So they had to do things on their own Mm -hmm. and acknowledging that I'm not in the same position to where they did things on their own that has actually positioned me to be able to make different choices because mm-hmm. of all of the sacrifices and risk taking that they've made, I'm actually now in a place to where I can reach out and invest in a coach. I can, you know, leverage the resources to me. Right. Pro business coaching programs like that mm-hmm. actually helps accelerate my growth rather than That's right. taking one step at a time on my own. I could That's be right. taking 12 steps forward over a 12-week program <laughs> and like, right. because right. I have the community, I have the support, I have the access to resources. That's right. And so um, I just appreciate you naming that because for our folks who are listening, I, I just share that as for us who are from marginalized identities who are, that have historically been marginalized in this country, that is one way oppression shows up is this belief that like we have to do it on our own. Um, yes. And that is actually in an, in a false narrative, and it's a narrative that will continue to keep a cycle of oppression in place and keeping us five yes. steps behind. So I really appreciate you naming that. How can people get in contact with you? Who should reach out to you or anything coming up in your business you want folks to know about? Yes, yeah, so you can always reach me on Instagram at lit underscore doc. And, you know, check me out there and you can go to link in the bio for websites and different things like that. But I'm excited about the summer. So, yes, I do PD work, but I also have a heart for critical literacy. And so there's a summer e-course that you can sign up for, Read Alouds with Power. I totally believe that the carpet is a place for justice. And so we're going to be talking about... You actually see, this is not, this is, these are not props for today's live. I love children's books that highlight people of color, talk about issues of equity and justice. And I've been doing that for a long time. And so this summer we're doing this e-course and you will be learning how to use children's books and use read aloud time as a place for justice and anti-racism in your classroom. So you can go to my Instagram page, you can go to the link in the bio and you can register for that class right now. We do have an early bird special for that course. Mm. Child, I'm still sitting with the carpet is a place for justice. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I love it so much. This is, and, and going back to the question that I posed earlier, who loses out when you don't go for it, when you don't mm-hmm. take up space? And mm-hmm. to hear you just use the language, the carpet is a place for justice. Mm-hmm. And to think about who 
will be impacted, who will be reached and touched right. because of, of your decision to take up space, yeah. because of your decision to let, you are already a thought leader. You're just letting other folks know. <laughs> so other folks is just getting on board and finding out. And so it just, it just warms my heart to know, even just to think about the possibilities of what's going to come true because of all the beautiful work you're doing in your business. And so I'm excited that you're betting on yourself, you're taking up space and you're intentionally claiming your role as a thought leader. So I'm just grateful for you, grateful for your business, grateful for this conversation tonight. um, And just so appreciative of, of, of you taking the time to share your story. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. And thank you for being you and you taking up the space that you're taking up because it's helping so many people. And I can I can say that for sure. Me being one, you know, person number one. I know everybody want to claim they're number one, but it really (laughs) it really has helped me tremendously, tremendously, tremendously. And it's and you did it in such a thoughtful way. And and for those of you who are interested in doing any work like this, e-courses, et cetera. Even if you just want a model of how an e-course works, like being in her class and, she, mm. you know, we talk about the meta, what it, what's the metadata? Meta learning. Yeah, that's right. Being in her class helped me say, oh, you know, because what's, what's funny is like all of these accounts, it's not that I didn't have these ideas. I had a teachable account before I joined your class. Mm. I'd already had a thought for an e-class, mm. you know, I had later before I just, I had all these tools before I joined your class. But being in that class helped me to see, okay, this is how all these things can work together. Okay, I can see how I can tie these things together. Oh, this is how you do it well, right? Oh, yes, I need to figure out how to get myself in a little bubble so I can do my PowerPoint and have me in it. Like screencast, all of these things, you're learning so much. So it's more than just the content that you gave, but really it is how you modeled excellence in this area. You want to be an educational consultant? I'm going to model being an excellent one for you as well. And so appreciate all that you're doing. And if anybody is on here listening and you're considering being in the next cycle, do it, do it, do it, do it. It is worth it. And she, she thinks about all these things. You can pay in full or she knows teachers. Listen, Listen. Listen. I saw this. That's so nice. That's good. You know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it is thoughtful. Again, when you're looking at models for how to do things, this is just a great model and it was great content. So you really can't, you're not going to lose out. Oh, I appreciate that so much. And you know what I just (laughs) thought about? I just thought about uh, one of the messages you sent me where you're like, I'm posting, I'm going live. Who is this person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just, I? I, I'm taking up space. Who am I? Like I, I'm yeah. like, let's do this. I'm yeah. so here for it. But <laughs> I mean, that just that just speaks to, you know, my belief in and you know my theory of change behind this program is educators are the one who are best positioned to solve the problems in partnership yeah. with schools and school districts. They just need the tools for how to mm-hmm. launch your business. So you, mm-hmm. if I, I, I'll give you the tools. You just got to run with it. And so Mm -hmm. this is just a beautiful example of, you know, what happens when someone, you know, the right educator gets access to the tools and they run Mm -hmm. with it. They they make an impact and they expand their Mm -hmm. impact. And so, Summer, if you could drop your uh, share with us your Instagram one more time, because someone just asked just to make sure that they can connect with you. Sure. It's at lit, L-I-T underscore dot D-O-C. 
Awesome. Thank you all, Dr. Summer. And, no problem. Thank uh, you. Be safe. Be well. I'm in your corner and I'm going to be, I'm going to be internet lurking. I'm going to be <laughs> one of them lights to, as, as I continue to just cheer for you because I'm excited I for your business it. and just forever in your corner. So be safe, be well, and we'll chat soon. All right. Take care. All right. Bye.